Luke chapter 2 is where we're headed. And this microphone seems to be cutting in and out a little bit here and there. So anyway, I don't know what, what's going on with it. Hopefully it's not a problem. Luke chapter 2. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. There's also Bibles in the seats in front of you. And we'll be starting at verse 8 this morning. The angelic announcements to the shepherds. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. It says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now before I continue, I, showed this pic- I shared this picture on our church Instagram and Facebook uh, last night, but I wanted to show you as well if you go to the next slide. This is a picture that I took in Bethlehem this year of the place where this most likely happened. They call it Shepherd's Field. There are several little churches built in this area, and this is uh, just a, a beautiful little shallow valley with, a, with, you can see a little bit of Bethlehem on the other side, and there's more Bethlehem on this way. Um, and yeah, this is just this very simple little spot, and this is the spot where the angels almost certainly appeared to the shepherds. That's what it looks like. So you can visualize it in your head. Imagine some shepherds out here. There's, there's caves uh, that dot the landscape as well in the sides of the, of the hill, which is one of the reasons why they're quite sure this is where shepherds were because it would, the caves were places where they would go uh, for shelter in, in the rain and whatnot. And so uh, this is the spot. That's where, that's where it was. So let's continue. <clears throat> they were out in the field. In this field, well, there it was, anyway, it was there, keeping watch over their flock by night. And what happened? An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Of course they were. And it says, The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord? I should have Nick up here reading this. He did such a good job at our drives of nativity doing this line. Uh, for, uh, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from, the, from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, uh, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Amen. I want us to focus in this morning on just verse 10. When the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. That word, that phrase, those two words, good news, are where we get the word gospel. 
When we talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are literally saying the good news of Jesus Christ. So let's talk about the nature of good news for a minute. That's what I really want us to to zero in on this morning. Good news. There's different levels of meaning uh, when we use that phrase, good news. Right? So, like, I might come home from work, and I might say to Julia, Julia, I've got good news. They're doing double air miles at the Irving. (laughs) You know? Or, oh, good news. They just dropped a new trailer for Star Wars or something, right? Um... By the way, I went and saw Star Wars. Ruthie and I went, oh man. Check, check. If you're a Star Wars fan, oh, again. Check, one, two, check, check. Okay. If you're a God clearly does not want me to talk about Star Wars. Anyway, it was good. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so yeah, I might come home with some good news, right? And Julia's response is probably going to be, that's nice, dear. Take the kids. I'm going to go have a nap. Okay? <laughs> like, it's not that exciting. But then there's... up here. <laughs> All right. Just say something funny. Say something funny. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and also with you. <laughs> knock, knock. Ah, werewolves of London. <laughs> Some of you got that. All right, Ken, are we good? <laughs> I just heard that one the other day, so you were my test audience for that one. <clears throat> All right. All right. Thank you. Big hand for Ken, everybody. Big hand for Ken. Yes, thank you, Ken. All right. Okay, so as I was saying, sometimes we have good news that isn't that exciting. But then there's good news that carries immeasurably more weight because it comes in the midst of a very real, very hard situation in life. So in preparation for this message, I went on Facebook and I asked people to comment, what's a memorable time that you got good news about something? And man, the responses I got were just awesome, just beautiful. I want to share some of the responses that people, my friends, shared of times when they got good news about something. So um, one was from my my, uh, sister-in-law, Angela, and... uh, talking about my niece, Carly, who 
was having some medical tests done, and they were a little quite concerned about what was going on. And she says, when Carly had the biopsy, we went back for the results, benign. Tears literally sprang from my eyes. Very good news. The doctor said, wow, I guess that's what tears of joy look like. I don't get to see that a lot. Nicole Boomer. Where's Nicole? Where's Nicole? Maybe she's down with the youth. She said, hearing my dad was cancer-free. Yeah, good news. Uh, some of you know Jordy and Ruth Rushton. They're very involved with Camp Pegwiak. And their son, Devin, is one of our best friends. And... Uh, Jordy said, for our family, it was when Devin came out of his induced coma. He was in a major car accident when he was a teenager. When he came out of his induced coma as Devin, this was an answer to prayer. My friend Tammy, she said, when my sister had a tumor removed from her brain and still knew everyone and could talk and walk. I have a brother in Alberta. Kenny is his name. And he has three boys. Jackson's his middle boy. And uh, Jackson had an aggressive brain tumor when he was four or five years old and had surgeries, treatments, um, lost some of his ability to walk and speak. It was very, very scary. Um, and then my sister-in-law, Chrissy, she commented this. And here's a picture of Jackson, by the way. He's a fighter. <laughs> and uh, she said, hearing Jackson's tumor miraculously disappeared. A true miracle. The best day of my life, hands down. Life is so precious. He's been so very blessed and truly has no idea. That's Jackson. Uh, a lot of people commented about uh, pregnancy-related things, baby-related things, as being good news in their life. Uh, Jan McGuire, I know the Scaffs are not here this morning, but we will assume that she was talking about Shannon. This is because Jan is Shannon Scaff's mother. She says, simply, I was pregnant. That was her good news. So we'll assume she's talking about Shannon and not Shannon's brothers. Um, uh, Sharon Ingram who tends our church, she said that my baby was a boy and healthy. Stephen Wheaton, who's a pastor in the valley, he said when my wife and I found out that she was expecting after six years of praying and waiting for his timing. And another friend of ours, Jamie, up in Perth Andover, she said when we found out we were pregnant with Simon after years of fertility treatment and loss, and again a second time with Hudson. Uh, a lot of people commented a time of memorable good news in their life. Uh, related to family. Our friend Kelsey, she said, finding out that my grandparents said I could live with them instead of going into foster care. Our friend Trish. Trish had a really, really difficult past. Um, she was an addict, and praise God, Jesus set her free from that, and now she's serving in ministry. Actually, she's living in, the old, in our old house in Perth Andover in the Parsonage, and she's doing the youth ministry there. She's got an amazing testimony. But over the course of her addiction and struggle, she lost custody of all of her children, and they've all been adopted into other families. And so now she's great, healthy, normal, a wonderful potential mom, and she doesn't have her kids. So she has a really, really difficult reality that she lives with. But just recently, she's been able to reconnect with one of her daughters. And so she said, finding out I was going to see my daughter, Chloe, for the first time in three years was her good news. A few people talked about getting accepted into university as good news. My friend Jenea, who is from, I think, the Bahamas, uh, when she got her acceptance letter, she said, I screamed so hard, I surprised everyone in the building. It was my acceptance into my first choice grad school. I was so relieved after weeks of anxious waiting. Ingrid Taylor wrote, 
uh, recently when my darling friend, I think she's writing about Miriam, uh, lived through a terrible accident. So much relief and thanks to our Lord. Yeah. Some people wrote about moments of life change. Sherry Richards was one of them. And Sherry said, I have sat and pondered this question. I've had good news as in birth of my children and grandchildren, which mean the world to me. But to be honest, with everything I've been through since the age of 10, it's been a really big blur to me. And she talks about some of the struggles she's had. And then she says, but then I walked through those doors on Young Street, these ones right here, just months ago, distraught, feeling worthless, lost, to open arms, positive talk, and took God into my heart walking away that day with a feeling of hope. The tears flowed, but happy tears, awakening tears, the best news. I am worthy. I do mean something. Jesus died for my sin. What a sacrifice to be given. I'm on God's side. I choose God. Still learning, but feels good. Right where I should be to be me again. Praise God, hey? Let's just celebrate all this good news that God has done. Yeah. And I just love these stories. And that was only some of them. Um, some of you might have been alive in 1945 at the end of the Second World War. I won't ask for a show of hands, but um, I bet you can remember the good news that the war was over, that Germany had surrendered, the suffering, the violence, the death, all of that was coming to an end. Talk about good news. And we could go on. Maybe you're thinking of a good news event in your own life. As I was reading all these good news things, I, you know, I found that a common thread through almost all of them was relief. Relief. There was this challenging reality, and then good news came bringing relief and deep joy associated with that relief. And in the scripture we read this morning, the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The message that I have for you, it's the news you've been waiting for. The message that I have for you is not going to lay a heavy burden on you. It's going to remove a heavy burden. It's not going to add to your stress and anxiety. It's going to relieve your stress and anxiety. It's a message of relief. And not only for you, not only for you shepherds hearing it, and not only for you Jewish people that will hear this message, but not only for this short period of time in history, but this is good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the people. That includes us. What's the good news? The good news is in the next verse. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The arrival of Jesus, like we talked about last Sunday, God in the flesh, is the good news of great joy for the whole world. So what makes this good news? Well, we have to understand the backstory of the good news to appreciate how good it is. So we're going to go way back. The backstory is this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
And it was good. It was very good. It was perfect. It was flawless. He created man and woman. And God knew them. And He walked in the Garden of Eden with them. And it was a beautiful, perfect, innocent existence. But then something happened. A disease, a cancer called sin, entered the world through Adam and Eve's disobedience to God. And that cancer spread. It spread not only through every person who's ever lived, but through all of creation. Sin and the fall of man had an effect on everything that God made. The whole planet, the whole cosmos is broken because of sin. Crime is a reality. Disease is a reality. Natural disasters are a reality. Car accidents, injustice, all these things are a reality that we live with in this world because of sin. Because of the fallenness of our world and the pervasive effect that sin has on all of creation. So it has a universal effect on all creation, but it also has a personal effect on you and me. Because of Adam and Eve's first sin and our sinful nature and our subsequent sinful acts, now we are at odds with, man, uh, with God. Mankind and God are at odds with one another. There's a separation, a division between us and a holy God that is caused by our sin. And no matter how hard we try to win God's favor through our own efforts of being good people and doing good works or following religious rituals and duties and so on. We can't do it. The effect of sin is too strong, too pervasive for us to cure it on our own. So that's the bad news. That's the bad news backstory. A world broken by sin and a human race at odds with God. But God had a plan. And God made a cure available to us. The cure is Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to get some amens going. Remember last week? I told you I'm a Baptocostal, so amens are totally acceptable. Um, 2,000 years ago, there was no cure for the sin problem until one night in Bethlehem when an angel appeared with good news. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A collective sigh of relief for the entire human race for all time. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The cure is now available. For God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son. Talk about good news. Man, that is good news. It's good news, as we said, the effect of sin was in all of creation and in us personally. And the good news, likewise, is good news for all of creation and for us personally. Let me read from Colossians. I read this last week as well, but it's so good. It's one of my favorite sections of Scripture in Colossians chapter 1. So first of all, it's good news for all creation. It says this in in verse 20. Through Him, through Jesus, God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. Everything, all of creation, everything God made in the universe. 
he made peace with that by means of Christ's blood on the cross. That means that in the same way that the, that the fall of man and the sin, the sin of mankind infiltrated all aspects of creation, likewise, the effect of Jesus' death on the cross has this effect that it affects all of creation. And God is bringing his kingdom forward. And one day that work is going to be complete when heaven comes to earth and all of creation is going to be restored to the way he wants it. That's our great hope that we have. Amen. And then this very personal good news for us as well. It's not only good news for all of creation, but it's good news for you. This says this, and this includes you. It's for all of creation. Guess what? Hallelujah. It includes us. Who were once far away from God. You were his enemies. Separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Man, that's so good. I can remember the feeling in my heart when I was a little boy. I don't know exactly how old I was, maybe nine or ten years old. And my mother and I were doing bedtime prayers. And it was, I think it was a Sunday night, and, and we had gone to church that morning, and I couldn't get the message that the pastor had said out of my head. And... Uh, because I, the other kids went to junior church, but I like to stay and hear the pastor because I wanted to hear the good stuff. <laughs> now, not to say they're not getting good stuff down in the kids thing, but uh, I think I was a little bit theologically mature for my age. Uh, so anyway, I like to sit in the sermon and uh, sit and hear the sermons. And uh, anyway, I remember the message, and it was about you know you need to accept Christ, and and I was unsettled in my heart and in my mind, and so that night at bedtime, I asked my mom. I said. Uh, I need to pray and accept Jesus as my Savior. So we did that very moment when I was a kid in my bedroom. And I remember the feeling. And it was a feeling of relief. It was a feeling of relief. Many describe it the same way. Like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. Good news brings relief. Not only relief from the consequences of sin and from the fear of death and all those things, but also relief from the burden of self-righteousness. Hear me now. Relief from religion. Relief from a list of do's and don'ts. The good news gospel that the angels were bringing that night to the shepherds and to the world was not only that they were going to have salvation uh, from their sins, but it was also that they were going to have freedom from religion. They, were going to be signed, they weren't going to be signed up for a new religion. They were going to be free from the impossible burden that the law had put on them. The good news was that God was intervening into human affairs to pay our debts. Right? He paid a debt he did not owe. We owed a debt we could not pay. And he accomplished on a cross the total forgiveness of our sins and granted us eternal life. It's so good news. It's, so, it's, it's, it's good news in so many different ways. Uh, Bruxy Cavey, who's a pastor in Toronto, and he was our speaker at Oasis this summer, um, he wrote a book about the gospel, uh, helping us really understand all that it entails, what the gospel is. 
And he, he wrote this thing, he calls it the gospel in 30 words. And this is what it is, and I like it. If you put this on the screen, it says this. This is it, the gospel in 30 words. You can count them, there are 30. Jesus is God with us. Come to show us God's love. Save us from sin. Set up God's kingdom. And shut down religion so we can share in God's life. Isn't that good? That's good. That was the good news that they were bringing that night. Good news of great joy that will be for everyone, all the people. Let me continue in Luke chapter 2. It says, verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth on this broken, messed up planet filled with broken, messed up, hurting people. Peace. Peace. Relief. It's good news. A lot of people outside the walls of the church don't always make that connection. But when they think church, when they think Bible, when they think Christianity, when they think Christians, they don't always think good. They don't always think good news. And that's unfortunate. How important it is for us in the world we live in to represent Jesus and his message well and correctly to make sure that the good news sounds like good news and looks like good news. One of my preachers that I listen to fairly regularly is Andy Stanley. Some of you probably know his father, Charles Stanley. And uh, I like Andy better than Charles. Um, I like Charles too, but I like Andy even better. Maybe that's because Andy's younger and I'm younger and whatever. But anyway, um, Andy says this. He says, if your experience of the message of Jesus has been something other than good news, somewhere along the way, someone has distorted it. And he also says, if your experience of the church of Jesus has been something other than good news, somewhere along the way, someone has distorted it. You never hear good news and go, oh man, that sucks. No! You hear good news and you go, hallelujah, that's amazing. woo what a relief. What a wonderful thing. And so if we're going around and our message is making people go, oh, man, what a bummer. We're doing something wrong. Okay? If it doesn't sound like good news, it's not the gospel. How blessed we are that our message is so good. Good news of great joy. So what do we do with this? Good news. What do we do with it? Let's, first of all, let's celebrate it. Amen. Let's celebrate it. You know, I bet that, yeah. Wow. All right. Let's try that again. Let's celebrate the good news. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I bet that if your team wins the Stanley Cup, you know, you do some celebrating. We've got better news than that. We've got something to get fired up about. Let's celebrate it. And let's share it. 
Let's share it. You know, good news is, is for sharing, not for keeping to ourselves. One of the best times that uh, we received good news was when we found out that we were having twins. And, you know, uh, some people said, that was good news? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it really was. We were so, we were over the moon thrilled and excited. We we just were so so excited about having twins. The first thing we did, we got home. Someone else was looking after our kids because we had to go to the hospital for an ultrasound, and that's when we found out. And uh, and we went home. And the first thing we did, guess what? We're having twins. Oh, so excited! And then the okay, and then the next thing that happened. Uh, we got on the phone, and we called our parents, and we called our siblings, and we said, guess what? We're having twins, and everyone, yeah, it's so crazy. That's exciting. Right? It was awesome, right? You share it. If you've got good news, you, you don't keep it to yourself. If it's truly good, you're going to share it with other people. So we've got to share it. And I'll, I'll say this, too. If you've never experienced the good news for yourself, if you've never come to the place where you say, you know what, I want that in my life. I want Jesus. I want that good news. I want that forgiveness and that grace and that freedom and all that, that relief, all the stuff that you're talking about. I need that. I don't have that yet. I need it. Guess what? The message for you this morning is simply this. Receive it. Receive it. Accept it. God's giving it to you as a gift. Just say yes to Jesus. Make it personal. Make the good news your good news. Let's pray. Oh, God, we thank you so much for the gospel. It truly is good news. Thank you for the relief of the gospel. Many of us here can testify to it, Lord. We've felt it. We've experienced it. Sometimes on a daily basis, we live with this relief of the gospel, this freedom in you. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we've possibly misrepresented Jesus as something other than good news. Help us, Lord, to always be mindful of how we uh, represent Christ to an unbelieving world. May people look at the church and go, wow, they've got something awesome, and I want that. Help us, Lord, to be good news agents in our world, to celebrate it and to share it. And for some here this morning, maybe they even need to receive it for the first time. May they take that step, even in this very moment, Lord, to accept the cure for their sin and separation from you. In Jesus' holy and awesome name, we pray. And everyone said, amen.